anyway. And right. if you if you drink of me, if you drink of this water, you would never thirst again. And what I got out of that is if I am thirsty, right, there is nothing. Right. No man, no woman, no drugs, no alcohol, no, alcohol, no nothing that can quench my thirst like, like right. Jesus can. And I'm Yolanda, and this is Real Talk Through Biblical Womanhood, where we just talk about real things yes. using the gospel and just the word of God and what he's called us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we're going to talk about why Jesus. Yes. So we about to, we just let you know, trigger warning, we about to talk about Jesus, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why people get so triggered by his name. Yes, yes. So I'm very excited about this episode today. We get a chance to, to speak about why we accepted Christ and um, our walk and, and how our lives been since we accepted Christ. And I'm just excited to pretty much put my story out. Yeah, she's been talking about this all week. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yes. nervous. I'm excited. Yes. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm air. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, start with you. Okay. So first I want to say, thinking about my, um, journey through, uh, my walk with Christ, um, and preparing for this podcast, I definitely became very emotional thinking about, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first accepted what drew me closer to him or, um, even gave me the realization that I had to accept Christ. And so I want to go kind of down memory lane a little bit, but also, um, incorporate some scripture, um, like we said in uh, one of the other episodes, I did accept Christ when I was 19 years old. Um, at the time, I was at a place where I was completely drained and empty. I felt mm-hmm. like I had no support. I felt like I had, um, I just pretty much had a brick wall. Um, I, at that time, I was already living a life full of sin. Um, I was very promiscuous um, after being molested for a number of years. Um, I had been a mother at that time for about five years. I had two kids. Um, and my son, who is no longer with us, he was born with a disability. At the time, his grandparents, um, they took me to court and got full custody of him. And, um, I was living with a family member at the time and I just felt like I had nothing. Losing custody of my one child, um, pretty much made me feel like I was worthless and I had nothing to live for. Um, I was also, like I said, living a life of promiscuity and I just felt like, you know, even with me trying to find all of these things that kind of um, overshadow what I was really going through on the inside, I was filling it with stuff that was meant to be a void, I guess. Um, and so I got to a place where I had nowhere else to turn. I had no one else to turn to. And I think I told in the last episode that I um, was taking a nap and I felt this feeling of like lo- losing my life in my sleep and it was like darkness and I felt like um if I didn't make a change at that moment something bad was going to happen to me I did not know that what I was searching for or what I needed was Christ um but I knew that I was longing for something bigger than me and bigger than men drugs anything Mm -hmm. so um I ended up accepting Christ because I was alone and I was in a desperate place of wanting to be loved and so I did um, find a story that kind of speaks to my testimony mm-hmm. and where I was in my life. And, and maybe some of you guys may be struggling in the same area, but it is a story about the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Um, and I'll get into that after Yolanda. You want me to go ahead? Yeah, okay. So basically, I felt like the story of the uh, woman at the well kind of related to how I felt back then. Um, at the time I didn't have much knowledge of the word, so I couldn't pull a story out of scripture mm-hmm. that could identify where I was or what I was going through at that time and why I wanted to accept him. But as I continued to walk with Christ and started to study my word, I did find this story. And so, um, in the story, I found that one, when we talk about the Samaritan woman, um, she lived in Samaria. Um, and back then the Jewish people did not. They refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Um, not only that, from based on the scriptures, it does say that she pretty much dealt with a lot of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to put that out there. I do want to encourage you guys to go and read the story in its entirety, but I will pull some pieces out. Um, the scripture is John 4, 
And it's going to be verses 4 through 42, which I'm not going to read today, but I will pull pieces out. And so in the story, what I found is that, one, um, as Jesus was on his way to Galilee, he had to go through Samaria. Um, as I said, that it was uncommon for Jewish people to associate themselves with Samaritans. Mm -hmm. So for Jesus to have to make that one of his stops on his way to Galilee mm -hmm. meant that he went with a purpose. He was seeking and looking for his people um, or basically making himself available for his people to find him. Um, I found that very exciting to me because it meant that he didn't care about what was the norm. You know what I mean? Um, just like we talked about in that scripture in, in Romans 12, we talked about um, enjoy the company of ordinary people. people. Mm -hmm. And in this story, I feel like Jesus pretty much gave us an example of that. Um, so let me go here. So it says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. The reason why I point that out is, again, talking about Jews, not, you know, socializing with Samaritans. He, he felt enough about her to ask her for something. He didn't mm -hmm. look at her like she was too dirty or too, um, you know, sin, full of sin that he can't ask her for something. So I felt that that was like definitely a positive part of that story. Um, seeing her as a human and not mm -hmm. as someone that the Jews seen as unclean. Um, back then when I was in, in, in my, you know, sinful life, I felt unclean. I felt like people seeing me in a way that was not pleasing. Mm -hmm. And so it kept me from wanting to interact with people. It kept me from wanting to be around people. Um, and it kept me from wanting to change too, because I felt like, oh, I could never change. They see me this way. I'm going to be this way, you know, my entire life. So I love that he didn't see her that way and that he felt like she was good enough for him to ask for something from her. Um, I, again, this, this scripture proves that he didn't mind being around ordinary people. He didn't think too highly of him, himself. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that she was shocked that he would even talk to her. <laughs> like she, she looked like I am a Samaritan woman and you are a Jew. Like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, why are you asking me for something? You know, um, I also love that 20, 25 to 26, it talked about Jesus confirming to her that he was the Messiah. And so I thought that was important to me because she is a woman um, and he felt like he it was okay for him to let her know who he truly was. So basically what I've seen in the story that speaks to me is the fact that he was willing to show her love in spite of who she was. Um, we all have a past mm -hmm. and we all come from something, whether it's being promiscuous, whether it's addiction, whether it's whatever it is, we all come from something. And him seeing this, this woman as his own and not mm -hmm. as somebody who, wasn't worthy of dying for I felt like was so important to me to see because I felt like I wasn't important enough back then you know and so that story pretty much speaks to me I'll get into some of the commentary later but I just think that it is very important to know that Jesus loves us the way we are um even though she had what she had going on he still thought of her enough to one be at the well right. um to receive her and then two um, to let her know, listen, I know who you are. He mm -hmm. pointed out, that was another thing I wanted to get to, is that he pointed out to her her sin. Yeah. He showed her herself. He told her, like, listen, go get your husband. And she <laughs> said, I, I don't have a husband. In, in yeah. fact, the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. He basically told her, you I know, know I know what you're doing. I know mm -hmm. what you got going on, but I love you anyway. And right. if, you, if you drink of me, if you drink of this water, you would never thirst again. And what I got out of that is if I am thirsty, Right. There is nothing. Right. No man, no woman, no drugs, no alcohol, no alcohol, no nothing that can quench my thirst like like right. Jesus can. Right. And so that's what I got out of this story. Um, it just spoke to my heart. And um, it's a lot of uh, stuff in that, that story. And I, I would encourage you guys to go back and read it and also to think about those things that we are thirsting after and what we put in place. Of Jesus Christ right. like I said for a long time I did not know that that's what I was looking for even when I accepted Christ I still didn't understand the concept of what I was doing mm -hmm. you know what I mean I just knew that I needed something different right. I knew that my my soul was not at rest like I didn't right. feel complete and so finding Christ at that time right. I knew I made the right decision right and I think for me it was a little different because I didn't see it as finding Christ it was, you know, becoming a Christian. 
which I feel as though it is the same, but it's also different. Mm -hmm. Um, when I, um, as I always say, people like I got baptized, you know, quote unquote, joined the church at 19. Um, I had just come out of a relationship that I had been in for about a year, started dating a guy when I was 18 and, and freshman year in college, got pregnant, you know, had an abortion, like we lived together, all that, all those things. So I had a lot of emotions going around, you know, I felt, um, I felt unwanted because of the fact, you know, it was just like, for me, it was like, this is my history of, you know, every time I get a boyfriend, you know, they always wind up breaking up with me and I'm doing all these things and they're still not staying with me. So, you know, that was one of the things that I was dealing with. And then I was also dealing with, and I didn't realize at the time, you know, a loss of a child because, you know, mm -hmm. I made that decision, you know, and I thought like I was good with it, but I really wasn't. And so what I found myself doing was if ever, you know, I saw somebody who was pregnant, I would think about like, what would I look like if I was that far along mm -hmm. when people had their babies, what would it be like to have my baby? So, you know, I was constantly in that position and like, I would come up to visit my mom um, and go to her church. And like, I remember one day I was just sitting there and she just saw tears coming to my eyes. She was like, what is going on with you? And I was like, nothing. And that was like the day when I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's time. So mm -hmm. that's how I wound up joining the church. But it didn't become a why Jesus until separation. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started actually, you know, acknowledging the things that, that was going on. I was thirsty, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I say thirsty, you know, I tell my students that sometimes when they're trying to get a whole lot of attention, like, why are you being so thirsty? Right. But no, I was thirsty as well. Not even just thirsty, you know, in regards to, you know, looking for things, but just even the thought process of always wanting to be acknowledged, always wanting attention. Um, and so it just got to a point where, of course, I told you I had that moment of being a side piece. Take deep breath. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so during that piece, I was like, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I know better now. Mm -hmm. Something has to give. And that's when I actually started um, seeking after him, actually like learning more of who, whose name am I under? Right. So, you know, you have you take on your spouse's last name. Like I don't took on somebody's name mm -hmm. if I'm calling myself a Christian. Right. Who who is this this person right. that I am, you know, saying that I, I, I'm a part of his family? I'm a part of, you know, this this uh, community. And so, you know, actually started studying the word and just learning more and more about just who he was, you know, just as as a minister. Um, Salia talked about the story that she um, connects with, you know, um, the story that I connect with. And it literally um, is a story that I've read several times, kind of glossed over until I did my deep dive, you know, this summer. Um, and it's, it's called um, A Widow's Son Raised to Life. And what pretty much um i think this was like the first story of his that i read that brought tears to my mm -hmm. eyes because when we when we hear about jesus what we think about are the movies the images the things that we've seen on tv like passions of christ you know the i forgot the one it was a, a one with william defoe in it you know mm -hmm. so it's like when we see these movies about jesus christ his life him being you know um crucified so we, we, we see that, we know that, and I think we take that for granted, and so we just run with that. Mm -hmm. And we don't really think about, like, who he was and the things that he did. And so when I read this story, um, I got it from um, Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And in all situations, when we see Jesus encounter people, he encounters them, you know, in these type of situations, um, where you're like, oh, like this person was seeking this. This person, you know, had the faith of this. You know, this woman literally was about her own business. Mm -hmm. Like this happened and life goes on. Like she was a widow. So that means she, she only got no man. Her right. husband's dead. Right. And now she's burying her only son. Right. And so, you know, when I hear that, I know that during that time that income for women came from their husband or their son. And now that's gone. And like, you don't see her, you know, going after God, you don't see her, you know, in the story, you don't hear them talking about how, you know, she was doing it. You just had this more, this woman that was mourning and he literally just stopped and was like, stop, you know, stop your weeping. Mm -hmm. And then he said, rise son. And like, I was just like moved to tears. Yeah. Like this woman was at a place right here where she just had to accept this is it. Yeah. And she, you know, she was, she was like, I'm just going to go with it. And he had compassion enough. To just be able to say, like, yeah, I like this breaks my heart. Like, we just gonna stop this. Like, go ahead, you know, like when he put 
put his finger in the wine, keep the party going. Like, mm-hmm. no, raise up, you know, raise up. So, you know, and it just made me think of, you know, for me, just going through all those things in my life of just, this is what it is. Like, this is going to be no more. Because, you know, when you have an abortion, when you lose a child, when you get a divorce, you think, you know, to yourself, this is it. Like, no more is coming from this. You know, I'm not going to get anything else out of this. Um, this is the, this is it for me. And, like, what I see in this, that, no, there is, like, Jesus is the 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 um, beginning and the end. He is the one who says if this is if this is over. And so for me, what it just said to me was like, no, your life is not over. It's just beginning. Amen. You know, you take you know what now that you know who he is, you know, you are going to be a new creature in him. And so you know that just kind of just had me um, just looking at him in a whole yeah. different light, and then just going back and just like really really pouring into it. So, you know, I just feel as though one of the things that we really want to get across, you know, to, to today, to those of you who are believers, are we taking Christ for granted? Mm-hmm. Are we glossing over his life, his stories, or do, right. are we really truly understanding who he is, who, you know, he is in our life, what he did for us, and what he's doing for us? And for those of you who are not believers, being introduced to him you know, in a way where he's not coming across as this Disney prince. Right. Because I feel as though that's how people paint him as yeah. this, this, this prince who came and saved the damsels in distress. Right. Like it's, it's greater than that. It's bigger than that. Yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, love that. But I do want to just kind of get into some things, you know, yeah. now. About Before you go on ahead. though, I do want to um start with, cause you said it too. Like what? you knew it was time. Right. And so I wanted to give the commentary to, um, so, Four verse, I'm sorry, chapter four, verses five through seven, right? Mm-hmm. And it talked about it say, twice each day, mm-hmm. morning and evening, women came to draw water. This woman came at noon. However, probably to avoid meeting people who knew her reputation. Jesus gave this woman an extraordinary message about fresh and pure water that would quench her spiritual thirst forever. The timing. And right. I, that's the reason why I want to point that out. Sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I think I said this to you already. When I accepted Christ, it was the right, right time. time. Even mm-hmm. when you just said it too, like you knew it was time. Two months after me accepting Christ, I lost my son. Right. That son that I was fighting so hard to get custody back of. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had nothing left because um I lost custody of him. Right. He ended up passing away two months later. I know that God had me accept Christ when I did because right. he needed me to have that connection to the Holy spirit prior to that situation taking place. Right. And so I'm saying this too, to the the people who are not believers yet, um, pay attention to the timing, mm-hmm. you know, pay attention to the cues that, that, that God is giving you, right. you know, sometimes we can run so far away from him. Right. You know what I mean? Thinking like, Oh, well, I'm just living my life. But, but the whole time he's giving us mm-hmm. signs or orchestrating situations to push us closer to him, you right. know? And so I wanted to point that out. The timing is everything. This talked about that lady avoiding going at the normal times that she would have went. Mm-hmm. She went at noon when nobody else would be there, but Jesus was, was there. there. And so he's waiting to meet us right where we are in right. the midst of our sin, in the midst of all of that stuff that we got going on to tell us that we no longer have to do that, that he can quench our thirst. Right. And one of the things that I like when she says that to pay attention to the timing, our one of our friends, one of our sisters, she always tells us to pay attention to God in the details. Amen. And she says we can get so caught up in our circumstances that we don't see him in the details. And there are many times when things happen, and then when I sit back and I reflect on, like, the, just the day, what happened, I see, you know, how he showed up because it's like this is nothing but, you know, but but God. Yeah. Um, and so when I think about, you know, Jesus, one of the things that I love about about him is that he just kept it so real. Yeah. Like he kept it so real. Like yes. he told us, like, if you follow me, they gonna hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like it's not one of those type of religions where you do this, do this, do this, and it's going to be great. But if you don't do this, you're going to experience this. Yeah. No, he told you from the get-go, oh, no, 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 life's going to be hard. Yeah. But I'm here to walk with you Amen. so that when you're going through things, come and talk to me. Amen. Share it with me. I'm going to go and carry your bur- your burdens. Share your burdens with me. I'm going to carry the heavy load. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like, even to the point of before he ascended to heaven, literally saying, like, look, I'm going to send somebody to help y'all out because y'all going to need some help. And I let you know that we can't be here together. 
So right. I got to go so he could come. But I mm-hmm. promise you, like, he's going to be even better than what I am. Because, like, right, right here, I'm walking with you. This person's going to be within you. But even in that, that is love. Mm-hmm. He knew that we could not walk this walk without yep. him or the Holy Spirit, period. He knew that we needed an advocate. We needed someone to help mm-hmm. us navigate through this walk. And so, and I also want to go back to how Jesus, you know, like you said, he didn't, he didn't come here to be pretty or nice. Like nah. he, he nah. this, this woman at the well, he called her stuff out, yep. you know, um, which I think is so important for us as believers. We don't do anybody any justice Mm-mm. by overlooking or watering down the sin in their life. No, we are not here to condemn and, and right. point fingers and, you know, how dare you? However, we are to tackle those things that are against God, period. Mm-hmm. And we are to call those things out. This is what Christ, this is what the word tells us to do. Right. Um, if you love someone, you are going to do that. But not only are you going to, you know, call out the sin, you're going to partner with them right. to help them navigate through this world, right. which is what Christ did. You right. know, he told her, like, if you, you know, you drink of this water, you would never thirst again. He gave her that. So um, I just think it's important that we take that role as not just being um, nice Christians or right. nice believers, but being honest believers and, and really tackling the issues and loving people through their issues. And it makes me think of us as parents or yeah. as teachers. You love your child when you correct your child. Yeah. So if you Absolutely. allow them to just do whatever, are you really showing love for that child? Because you're setting them up for failure when they go out into the world. It's so, a scripture that says that. Yeah. It says a father that does not love his child, does not, not, dis- does they, not discipline his child, does not love him. Because they need that. We are to train children up in the way yeah. they should go. And that means we have to correct them. We have to point them to the right direction. And so when I think about Christ, that's what he, he, he did. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to guide you. But I'm also going to correct you. I'm going to call it mm-hmm. out. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to try to make you feel guilty, but I do need for you to identify and understand what you did was wrong. Right. But come on, let's, let's get it right. Um, I'm sorry. One of the scriptures that, um, and it speaks to what you said, Romans five um, verses six through 11 says Christ died for the ungodly. Mm-hmm. Every sinner in the midst of our sin, we were enemies of God and he saved us. Although we were separated from him. Because of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we are now reconciled with God. We are no longer enemies, but we have been adopted into the family. And mm-hmm. so it just makes me think about that. He wasn't saying, I need for you to be good for right. you to be in this family. Right. No, like, we're not good. Like, I know that you're a sinner. You're going to continue to sin, but I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice myself for you anyway. Amen. Amen. I think it's important for us to recognize the holes in our lives. Yes. Because if we recognize those things as... Um, the absence of Christ, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see, you know, where we need him. Right. Um, and we'll let go of those things that we kind of put in his place. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about that, and I, I like that you were saying that, you know, when we thirst the stuff that we look for, mm-hmm. for different things. And so understanding that that void that we're trying to fill is him. Yeah. It's, that's what we're looking for. That's mm-hmm. who we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We were created by God. For God, yes, and so oh, but let me let me read oh, this ahead, though. That brings me to something. I, but, um, so and I'm jumping I'm jumping ahead because I, I do want to make this clear though. Go ahead. Not everybody is called. No, and so it's important to know not, if you're no. called or not. Yes. Um. Now, of course, this is this is my favorite scripture. It's Romans eight twenty eight, and I'm gonna read the commentary. Okay. Um, but this this one part was so important to me. But it say God works in everything, and so let me just jump back real quick. In that story of the Samaritan woman, mm-hmm. right? At at some point, he tells her to go and tell others what you what you found here. Right. He's basically telling her to go out and be a witness, right? Mm-hmm. And so she goes out and she tells others, "Listen, come see a man who told me everything about myself, pretty much." Right. And um, some of those people actually went. They actually went to go find who Christ was, right? The Messiah. Um. Now, to me, that sp- explains this scripture, which is Romans eight twenty eight, and it says. This is the actual scripture. It say, and we know that God will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so that being called part, right? He used her. Obviously she was called even in the midst of her sin, even in the midst of everything that she did, 
he still was able to use her. Mm-hmm. Now, the commentary says, God works in everything, not just isolated incidents for our good. Mm-hmm. This does not mean that all that happens to us is good. Evil is prevalent in our our fallen world, mm-hmm. but God is able to turn every circumstance around for our long-range good. Note that God is not working to make us happy, but to fulfill his purpose. Note also that this purpose is not for everybody. It can be it can be claimed only by those who love God and are called by him. That is those whom the Holy Spirit convinces to receive Christ. Such people have a new perspective, a new mindset. They trust in God, not in worldly treasures. Mm-hmm. Their security is in heaven, not on earth. Their faith is in God. I'm sorry, their faith is their faith in God does not waver in pain or and persecution because they know God is with them. And so I think it is important to make sure we make clear not everybody right. is called to do this. You right. know, make sure you are called before you, you call yourself trying to serve the Lord. Because at what point or what place are you serving him from? Right. You know, um, I, I think for me, it was important for me to see that because in my mind, you know, we know that Christ died for all. Right. But to know that all may not, not be called. Yeah. Like, what, what does that mean? All. Right. All is not all. Like that, you know, right. making sure that you are called. You know what I'm saying? And if you are called... Yield to that calling, yes. man. I, I can't imagine where my life would be if I continued to reje- reject Jesus right. when I felt the Holy Spirit tugging on me. And the Holy know? Spirit is very um, clear in the tugging. Yeah. Where you yeah. know that this, this this needs to happen. And we talked about quenching the, the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do something and you do the exact opposite. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be in that place. Um, we look at the woman in Samaria mm-hmm. going to the well at her normal 12 o'clock time. What if she was like, I don't right. want to go 12. I'm going to go at midnight. Exactly. Because you know, I don't want to be out in this hot sun. Because I don't think it was out there like, you got to go get some water from the well. Right. You know, and while people were out at 12, it must have been hot at yeah. that time. Yeah. You know, just thinking about those those things of what would, uh, how did she know that 12 o'clock? Because in our time, 12 o'clock is the popping time where, you know, we go, we're going to yeah. see everyone out. Everyone was not out at that point in time. And, but like I said, mm-hmm. usually they went in the morning yep. or in the evening. So even with that, like she knew the times that they would typically go out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, But she went at the time that she went. And that, all of that was purposeful. You right. know, I think that when we do accept Christ and the, 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 the tugging happens, that's perfect timing. Time. That is yep. his timing. You know, um, we just have to yield. <laughs> like we I just think, don't, we so, and we we're don't. So we hurry it. And I'm, t- I'm going to tell you this, right? At the time when I did accept Christ, mm-hmm. my heart was hard. Like right. it was closed. I didn't care about anything that I did. Right. I didn't have. I didn't care about the consequences. I didn't mm-hmm. care about the lives I hurt. Um, once I accepted Christ, my eyes was totally open yes. to, to so much stuff. Like. I couldn't do the same stuff that I used to do because I felt it now. Like, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't about me and me being convicted because of people. Right. It was more so that Holy spirit was opening me now. Like, and now my eyes are seeing stuff so differently and I can't hurt people the way I used to. Right. You know? And so I think Christ, he grabbed me when, it was necessary. He, he, he was like, like come on. Cause if he wouldn't have, I probably would have been disobedient. I would have been at the time my dad, had been asking me to come to church for six years. He That's got saved. When, yes. He got saved when I was 13 years old. Wow. He was asking me for six years to come to church. Wow. And I kept rejecting it. You know what I mean? I don't even think that the Holy Spirit was tugging on me at that time. I think it was just my dad trying to force right. me right. again, going back to timing because right. we can't make people accept Christ. Yep. You know, it got to be in his time. Only thing we can do is present him yes we yep. could present him to them we could plant the seed we can give them scripture we could pray we could do all that but we can't force people to accept christ right. their heart have to be in that place and for those six years my heart was not there right and so and, and not only that i had to continue to go through some things mm-hmm. for me to recognize my true need for him and so one of the things that i want to speak to um that she spoke about was regarding bad things happening to everyone mm-hmm. so i need for people to understand that when Adam and Eve sinned, evil yeah. was ushered into the world. Yeah. And everybody is a sinner. So that's the first thing that we need to acknowledge, that everyone is a sinner. So, like, we don't even use the word sinner 
Anyway, right. We say people make mistakes. You right. Know? And then we have our categories of bad or good. And so you're bad if you out there, you know, uh, committing mass murder. But you're good if, you know, you, you go ahead and do good things. Right. Even though you may do it with the motivation of having people watch you, acknowledge you, or because you don't want to look like a bad person. Right. Or if you give the image of a good person, person but your heart not. is tainted. Yes. So <laughs> everyone's a sinner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I think about is when people say, why would God allow that? And we got to think about that's it. What that's God, God has given everyone free will. Yeah. <laughs> so what does it look like for him to shut down the will of the bad people? Right. But a, Keep allowing the will of the good, good people. people. Right. That's not going to happen. So because free will is is, is part of our, our DNA, right. things are going to happen. And we also have to understand that the good that we think we're doing, we really got to think about like what's good. And so if you go back to um, a couple, of, I think it was like maybe might be episode five, you're going to talk about, they talk about all of the evil that's in us and so the the evil that we didn't even think of and so you know i'm just thinking about you know deceit Mm -hmm. even if you are quote-unquote telling a lie to be nice to somebody it's still a lie lie. it's still a lie because now you're gonna send that person out there it's that's like me telling her oh girl this your hair so cute and i know it's 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 not right like i'm sending them out there you know to to be to be to be ridiculed. Mm-hmm. So just looking at how we gloss over our actions, yeah. our motives, and we try to make them pretty. Yeah. They're not. So I just need for people to understand that again, this whole notion of why do good th- bad things happen to good people? There's there's no one good. No, no, not, not one. one. <laughs> not one. Romans three ten. Mm-hmm. No one is good. Okay. And so if we go back to what we just what you just said about the good and evil part, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight covers that. Yeah. He said God will cause all things to work together for your good. Mm-hmm. And what that means is the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it will work together. Yeah. At the time that I accepted Christ, I just said two months later I lost my son. That right there was was a, a perfect time for the enemy, of course, for me to start mm-hmm. to deny Christ or say that, okay, I accepted Christ and then this bad thing happened to right. me. You understand me? And so I I'm, I think God that he did not allow me to view that loss or that death in a way mm-hmm. that would make me um, question who Christ was in my life at the time mm-hmm. or make me question my decision to accept him because the world and the enemy will want you to think, oh, see, that's what happened when you accepted Christ. He right. took your son. But really, he was sparing me. Right. I was in a relationship that one was was terrible mm-hmm. and it could have cost me in my life. Right. Two, my son was suffering with health issues that mm-hmm. were serious. And as a mother, I wouldn't have wanted him to live like that. Um, Not to mention the weight that it was putting on me to care for this kid who would have been wheelchair bound all his life. Right. And so I had to take that situation and look, and look at it like God was not doing that to me. He was doing that for me. Right. And even when we have, you know, like my brother was murdered a couple of years ago, even in that, you know, right. that, that's a bad situation. But I know that God is going to cause all of these situations to work out for my good. You know what I mean? And not only that, it gives me more ammo to continue praying to stay connected to the Holy Spirit because evil is in the world. Like she just said, you know, when 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 that sin happened in the garden, it was (laughs) opened the door for all of that. So who are we to assume that we are exempt from the evil in this world? You know, we're not. Christ had to experience it. Right. They killed him. You understand what I'm saying? So who are we? Right. Who, who are we that we have or, or can avoid um, hardships and, and, and tribulations? And that's one of the reasons why I said that I love that he just kept it real. Like yeah. he told us these are the things that Jesus are going to happen. Let me tell you, gangster. Yes. OK. Um, he told us things are going to happen to you. Yeah. This is life. Like life is going to happen. And that's one of the things that I, I love about the gospel showing us. Those his interaction with people Mm -hmm. showing us like, look at all the things that have happened to these people and the people that he touched the most were the people who were cast aside because they were the other. They were the paralyzed. They were the the blind. They were the lepers. Like he went to those people because the the Samaritan woman. I mean, and and to think about it, and that's the the second thing. I mean, it's still the first thing, but the compassion that he had for people. So, you know, it's this notion of we're holier than thou. 
but how are we taking care of the people that were made in the image of God? Amen. And they weren't. And he would call those church leaders out. out. So you coming to me fussing with me because I'm working on a Sabbath, but I'm trying to save someone. Right. right. So it's okay to save your ox on the Sabbath, yes. but I can't save a human being right. on the Sabbath. And if you look at that, you know, we could look at that and say, oh, you know, look how he did, you know, oh, that's, that's so hard. Yeah. Right. But that's what we do here. Now mm -hmm. we care more about our pets, mm -hmm. about animals than we do about human beings. Amen. And so that's what he was trying to show us. God created human beings and he created human beings for him. And look at how we're treating each other. And right. he taught compassion, compassion, love, love, compassion, compassion. Mm -hmm. There are people out here who are in desperate need yes. for love. Yes. Not, and not even, I want you to shower them, do the photo ops, um, try to uh, look good in other people's eyes. We have people who are desperate to just have human contact. Somebody yes. talk to them. Somebody just, just see them. And that's what he, he, he showed. Yeah. Like, I see you. Yeah, I see you. Exactly. I see you. Yeah. I see you too. And so that's what one of the, uh, the other things that I just love about yeah. him is just he saw people. If people really engaged in the gospel and looked at what Jesus was calling us to do, we would see that he wasn't keeping us from anything, but basically trying to help us be actual human beings. Yeah. And I feel as though like right now we're in a place where we, we do come across as inhumane. Like mm -hmm. we just don't care about life as a, as an educator, I become so fired up when I see a fight taking place in my baby's recording. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. If that was you in that fight getting beat up, how would you feel if somebody yeah. was recording you? We have children right now who are engaged in um, these uh, text messages or threats. Um, I forgot what they what they what they call it again. Um, what they call it? Oh, host not hostage, but they're uh, ransom. They are having these sex ransom type things where they have images or picture, I mean, pictures or videos of kids in compromising positions and threatening kids. If you don't do this. I'm going to put this on social network. Mm. Like these are children yeah. doing that. So like, when did we just come to this place where we have no regard for other, you know, human life for feelings, nothing. So looking at what he was calling for us to do, he was putting that out there early on. Like mm -hmm. I'm just even thinking about old Testament. Like you killed your brother. You killed your brother because God accepted his, uh, his offering and not yours. Right start from right there like just the malice that's in our heart yeah because things are not going our way we're not able to get what we want amen and so i want to touch on if uh you know for us as believers right mm -hmm. how we welcome non-believers in right and you know i'm thinking about how the religious leaders handled people like you mm -hmm. said jesus went to those that they would not you right. know he went mm -hmm. to the, the blind man he you know, said at the well with the woman who nobody would talk to. Right. You know what I mean? Um, how are we handling non-believers? Are we making this walk attractive enough that they want us? They want to know our Savior. You know, um, or did we get so far in our walk that we got it together and we, and we are untouchable? You know what I'm saying? Um, I know when I accepted Christ, the people mattered because I was a little hood chick from Philly <laughs> you, who wasn't trying you, to who was trying no. hear nothing. And so it took for those loving believers who truly, truly, truly once went through something, mm -hmm. accepted, and now wanted to give that back out to me for me to like hear it and see it and, and actually want to know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important too for us to, <clears throat> I'm sorry, <clears throat> for us to walk like Christ and make this thing look, not necessarily look, but our lives <clears throat> to line up with what we say our savior mm -hmm. called us to do and be. And, um, for me, I just feel like we spend a lot of time quoting scriptures right. and shouting stuff out and judging people from a distance, but mm -hmm. we don't spend a lot of time in the field. We don't go out there and, and be willing to put our hands on people who right. are homeless or somebody who had a background that was not similar to right. ours. 
we are typically judging them and telling them that the, it's their fault that their life ended up that right. way. It, instead of thinking of it being the the um the absence of Christ, you know right. what I mean. So I do think that you know we need to examine who we are now that we've accepted. It's so easy to forget where we were when we first accepted Christ. Right. I was a baby in this walk. I didn't have it all together. I didn't know no scriptures. I want to read no Bible, nothing. Right. I thank God for the people who did not judge me in that state. Right. They were still willing to love on me and to be there for me and to help me. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, there are things I struggle with when it comes to reading the word, because let's be honest, sometimes it's not always that easy to just right. pick up the Bible and say, I'm going to sit down and study, you know? Right. But um, I thank God for the, um, the circle he's given me. To show me like, okay, this is what being a believer is like. And mm-hmm. I can, and I can do this. I can grow in that area. I can be more like Christ because I see people doing that. Not just seeing they doing it, but doing but it, but actually doing right. it. Right. And that also goes back to the elders of the church. Yes. Um, people are looking up to you. And so they look to you for that knowledge. Um, it does. It seems like they don't want to look to you. And mm-hmm. part of that is because of, how they're, how, you know, young people are perceived and how they're talked to. Yes. Sometimes how, how they're ignored. Sometimes, you know, we cut them off, <laughs> you know, yeah. when they're trying to speak. Yeah. So we have to listen from a place of, I just want to understand. Yeah. And in doing that, allowing them to be able to say their piece and then kind of coming from, you know, your perspective as an individual um, that was younger mm-hmm. and how you got through the walk or even learning from, there are some things that I did not do early yes. on in this walk yes. that I wish I would have done. And here are some things that I wish I would have done so that I would, you know, I wouldn't have experienced some of the things that I do. We can't act like we've already arrived and we're going like, we're, no one is going to be arrived. No one is going to be there until Christ comes back. Right. So we're all learning, but just taking that time to actually listen to them and not listening so you can respond, but actually listening to them to gain understanding yeah so that reminds me of a conversation i had with anthony the other day right mm-hmm. um and we were talking about school and he's he he, he don't like it he right. ready he ready to be done mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i explained to him because i have my issues with school too i you know mm-hmm. i did not like going to school and so while we we're talking i told him i said listen son i ex- i understand completely what mm-hmm. you feel i said because i went through the same thing i said however however you still got to go right. you know what i mean and so i think it just speaks to what you just said like acknowledging right. what they're going through and what they're feeling. I understand you, but this is what we need to be doing. Right. You know, I, I get it. You know, it's a hard thing. It's a hard walk. You don't know if you should accept Christ, whatever. I understand you're going through stuff, but this is the right way. And right. we can't stray away from that because it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like she started out the video. We won't talk about Jesus. We got to stop watering down our savior in his name yep. because it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't call us to be quiet like that. And I think, some of us, we, we water it down or sometimes we overly use it to the yeah. point where it's like, all right, now I know you ain't really living like that, but you shouting this Jesus, Jesus, right. Jesus, you know what I mean? And so I think, like you said, with the young kids, the young people, um, speaking to them to gain understanding, like to understand where they are today. That's all I needed. When I accepted Christ, I needed somebody to understand, listen. I have lived this life right. all these years mm-hmm. and now I need to know how to change. I need right. to know where to go. Right. And um, I had to be able to be honest about where I was. I remember somebody telling me, God can't heal what you conceal. Yep. And if we are hiding our stuff, like when I accepted mm-hmm. Christ at that time, if I was to hide all of that stuff that I was in, I probably would have never came out of it. Right. Um, even recently you and I had a conversation and I kind of, you know, come confess some stuff to you mm-hmm. since then I've been delivered from that situation. You know right. what I'm saying? And so I just think that allowing people to be who they are and explain what's going on in their lives yep. and then giving them the truth mm-hmm. because that is the purpose, give them the truth, truth. and yep. then allow Christ to do the rest. And so, you know, it just also just makes me think about, um, as a, as a, you know, somebody that's a human being walking around, if I go ahead and, bump my head somewhere real hard mm-hmm. and I don't go into the doctor to say, Hey, I fell from a very high right. place. I hit my head. I could die of a, a brain hemorrhage right. because I refuse to go to the doctor right. for them to look at it. And it's crazy how we know when to go to the doctors for most part, for the most part, 
But when it comes to Christ, we don't know when to go to him. Right. And so, oh. and, 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 and I'm saying this as somebody who still struggles with that, you know, yeah. now. So, I, I, you know, you hear me always talk about work. <laughs> so I was sitting here and I was like, I don't understand how you know how to go to the word for this. You know how to go to the word for that. Why aren't you going to the word for this piece? Right. And so it was just like, I guess I get a good to the word. Yeah. So, but it's like, it's hard for us because we go on autopilot yeah and we just go ahead do you and ever just feel like we avoid the word when we are going through stuff like that I, so i know i do I, like I, I ain't gonna hold y'all <laughs> sometimes i avoid certain like i said it was something something i was supposed to be oh it was when we was doing romans 9 uh-huh, and uh-huh. 12, yeah that 9 and 10 um I, I couldn't get into it because it was a barrier there right, i knew right, it was right. something that i really wasn't looking to get corrected on so I was avoiding that thing. I was like, oh, Jesus, not right now. <laughs> uh, not now. Yes. No, no, for me, it may be because I work is autopilot for me. Mm-hmm. I just go on. So things within my personal life, I'm going to go to the word for that. Yeah. Work, I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like that compartmentalizing. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just work, finances. You know, I was like, yeah. I need to go ahead and uh, look up, you know, how to be a better steward of my, of my money. Yeah. You know, of just yeah. looking that up and truly digging into it and not. I'm going to find a few scriptures, you know, that yeah. speak to it. No, when you find that scripture, read, read beginning and in, in, in the end and then dig into the commentary, you know, pray on it, meditate on it. Sometimes you may just have to take a scripture a, a week mm-hmm. to kind of like meditate on it. And what does that look like for you? But I think what I realized for like work, um, it's almost like that notion of like, well, this is not going to be in the Bible, what I'm dealing with at work. No, it's in the word. Right. And so that's how I got to that story. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, when I accepted Christ, I didn't know nothing about scripture. Right. But what I started to do, and even now, I Google situations that I'm going through to see if the Bible has stuff that kind right. of speak to it. And it may not be the exact scenario, but it's, close but it's definitely close to it's it. And it gives us enough. tools. The Bible is designed to give you the tools and instructions you need to live this yeah. life. So there is nothing that you are battling or facing that the word can't prepare you for or, or, or deliver you from. Yeah. That uh, story about that lady at the well, that is my story. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. And again, when we talk about thirsting and putting something in that place, right. it ain't got to necessarily be men and women. It could be drugs, alcohol. It could be too TV, much. I was about to say media. that. I was about to say that anything yeah. that we put in that place um, that we should be filling with the Holy spirit, you know, yeah. we, we use it to, to avoid, Truly following Christ. One of the things that um, I know that people do is that they characterize Jesus. They um, make up who they believe Jesus mm-hmm. is based mm-hmm. off of their experience with people. Right. People who go under the name of Christian. And so I don't I don't know if you paid attention to it. But whenever I say it, I don't say Christian. I always say follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. I say um, believer. Sometimes yeah, I say Christian, though. Because I feel... Like the word Christian has been drugged through the mud. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's like a Christian, you know, may talk Christianese and do these <laughs> Christian like stuff, but a follower of Christ is following what he's called us mm-hmm. to do. And not that you're going to be perfect, but you are going to this word more than you are not. And mm-hmm. so that's what I think about. Um, another thing of why Jesus. That man died on, he died for us. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, that right there, like, we're not going through anything for anybody. You mm-hmm. know, like Celia said, maybe our children, you know, but even with that, it's certain things. Yeah, you know, like, because my you know, dumb kids, y'all get into something. Because right. right. they go and say, well, you know, you need to go to jail because your child did right. X, Y, and Z. Going to jail for that that child. Yes, that child I told my kids all the time when they were younger. Like, listen, you go to jail, you're going to jail. <laughs> it ain't no, don't, ain't no cops gonna out. Right. So, like, we're not doing, we're not taking measures like that. Yeah. For other people to and sacrifice. But it is a scripture that say, um, "What greater love than it is for a friend to die for a friend," or something yeah. like that. But um, I, and that speaks to what I was ready to say about the love piece. Mm-hmm. When I accepted Christ, that's what I was searching for love. Right. I had felt like I was not loved all my life. Um, I had been abused for so many years. Mm-hmm. And even if I was loved by my family, that was not the correct version right. of what love was. Right. Love is I will die for you. Right. You know what I mean? Love is I'm sacrificing my life for you. And so I was searching to be loved. And right. now I'm telling y'all, I feel loved by Jesus. There are moments where 
I get into stuff and I, and you know, I feel like I don't have no friends or nobody to call. And I just sit in my room and I cry out to him. I'm like the peace that comes over me. Yeah. I know that he got me. You know what right. I mean? I did not know that when I accepted it, it would come up with all of this, but I'm so glad I did. Sometimes you may make a decision to, you don't even know why you accepting that day. You right. know, like, oh, I'm accepting Christ, but what am I doing? I don't right, even know what right, that means. Right, right. But um, let the Holy Spirit work through you. He will. Once that peace is open, um, I guarantee you, it, it, it your, your vision will change. What is this? It's a scripture that says something about the wall the, the being, scales, the you know, scales something taken, like yeah, that. I can't yeah. remember, but the scales being taken um, from, lifted from your eyes. But let me tell you yes. something right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find it. And you're probably going to see yes, it scroll right at the bottom. It's going to scroll at the bottom. Because once you accept Christ, then your eyes should be open to something yep. something different. And I, But I know that happened to Paul. Mm-hmm. I know that Paul was on his way to Damascus. <laughs> <laughs> he was going out there to do some Christian hunting. He yes. was like, yeah. Yes. He just came and spoke right yes. on to him. It was like, uh, Paul. Yeah. That man was blinded. He called him. He was like, who calls me? I can't see. Yes. And he was like, it's Jesus. Why are you persecuting? And he was like, mm. I am. And they say that Paul was blind for about three days. And when the scales fell yep. from his eyes, yes. he was a, that Amen. man literally was the biggest Christ follower there Amen. was. So. And what, what that means to me is that God will allow you to see truly the sin in your life. Mm-hmm. He will open your eyes to all of those things that you were blinded to. Right. And like I said, when I accepted, my heart was open right. in such a different way. I could no longer get over on people or mistreat people the way I was doing before mm-hmm. because my heart wouldn't allow me to. I seen that stuff differently. Right. And I had boys too. I'm like, oh no, I can't be out here trying to get nobody's son killed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, got, I, got I got sons. Right. And so, yes. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about him dying first, you know, I'm thinking about Paul. You know, Paul was persecuting anyone who was a follower of Christ. He was out there letting people know, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. It's hunting season. But Christ died for him, knowing that this man was going to do this. Yeah. Um. Even thinking about the uh, two thieves on the cross that he died yes, in between. Yes. Like he was sitting there dying right then and there for those two yep. that was up there clowning him at first. But like the fact that uh that one thief humbled himself and like told him like first of all he ain't get baptized he mm-hmm. ain't gonna do you know he mm-hmm. ain't go to the uh the beginners class right, you know, the new right, class. right he didn't do any of that that right. man just looked at jesus is like can i be with you right like i see and jesus is like yeah come on like you you, you got a place up there and so looking at people who condemn christ who mock christ like he died for all those people. Now, whether or not they're chosen, we like we don't know. He just said everybody's yeah, not. We don't know, but he died for every for everyone. And mm-hmm. so he's like, look, I, I I've taken the penalty for everybody's sin. You're good to go. Because if not, we would have all had to experience God's wrath. And I like I've seen a couple of videos, and I don't know how true they are. If they actually happened, if it was a gimmick or whatnot. But I've seen a lot of videos where people mock God and. Mm-hmm found out real quick <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they they learned that day yeah. that he is there's one video where this guy was like if you know god is really true it would light it would be it would do lightning and that no, joint i, I was like that. yo stop playing with him yeah so it's one thing to believe in him it's another thing to not believe in him but no matter what we should not mock his name right we should not mock him and we definitely should not mock what christ did like it's if you don't believe in Christ, you don't have to go and mock, you know, mm-hmm. the crucifixion. Right. Just like, oh, I don't believe that and just move on. Yeah. But the, the animosity that I see for, for Christ, I don't see that same animosity for other deities. And I'm right. going to call them that. I'm not going to call them gods either. I don't see that. I don't right. see I that agree. happening for Buddha and, and Harry Krishna. I don't see any of that happening. But when it comes to Christ, people get angry. Yeah. Like angry, angry. I remember this guy said to me, he said, he asked me a question. He said, do you know what the most popular name is here on earth? I'm like, what? You know, because it seemed like a deep question. Right, right, right. He was like, Jesus Christ. He was like, everybody know his name. They yeah. may not believe in him. Yeah, and they, they may know, not all follow him. But they know who he is. Mm-hmm. Why is that? <laughs> Why is his name so popular? You know what I mean? Right, he's the th- he is the he is it. He is it. And I yeah. think that what we're saying, like you said about the mocking part, that's just the enemy. You yeah. know, he he want us to, to to play with God like that. He right. want us to play with our savior that way. And um, I think about these artists who are putting out videos and stuff like that. I question, like, it's one artist in particular. He just put a, 
video out where he's he's on a cross being right. crucified and i'm just like, like yeah, lord what is going that. on in I'm his life and that. you know is that would that be blasphemy or yes is that, is that okay yes, that is definitely blasphemy. all right so yeah. the bottom line is at some point you're gonna have to pay for that right. you know what i mean like you can't get away with just doing that right it, it hurts me when i hear people use jesus name in vain like right. you know when i'm at work and stuff and they like joke around and all of that right but i had to separate myself because i am a defender yes you know of, of don't my savior thing. don't say don't do thing. that like yeah. don't disrespect them that way and and i agree they don't play with other religions like yeah. that they don't you know you don't hear them making fun of other deity deities right. like that you know yeah. so i um i just think that if even if you don't believe respect it you know what right. i mean we can agree to disagree but you know don't be disrespectful to jesus right man. I would encourage you, though, to read about Jesus's last three days on earth um, as as the son of God, as the son of man before he was ascended, before he ascended to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, read about those last three days when he had the, the last supper, when they mm -hmm. arrested him, uh, when they beat and, and tortured him, when they crucified him and just see just the humility, I mean, the um they tried to humiliate him. Yeah. And and like the things that they did, and they did, first of all, like at night, mm -hmm. you're going to arrest him at night. Uh, then you're going to take him and have a secret, uh, a secret hearing. Like, so there's no authentic witnesses. Nobody gets to see this in public, but they get to see his crucifixion, you know, in, pu in public. Mm -hmm. And so Matthew 26 to 27, mm -hmm. uh, you'll find his last three days. For Mark is 14 and 15. For Luke is chapter 22 to 23, and for John is chapter 11 through 19. John pretty much talks about his godmanship, like how he was God, the things that he he, he did throughout. Mm -hmm. But just reading through those and just looking at the way events folded, unfolded, it, it, is, it is crazy because to think that when he started his ministry, and we don't even know how long it, right. it started beforehand, you know, he knew he was going to die. Yeah. So it's like he could have known like within the, the start of his yeah. ministry, he could have known when he was a child. Like we don't know, but he knew there was going to come a day when he was going to die. And, you know, the, the the human side of me, you know, the, the flesh part of me, the pet, Petty LaBelle in me is walking around and seeing how they talking to me, how they doing. I ain't dying for you. Right. <laughs> or, for you, or you know what I'm thinking about what? Judas. Oh. <laughs> how he's, he was sitting at the table with him. You know what I mean? Called it out, but yeah. still died for him, even though, you know. Uh, yeah. But the bottom line is he loved us enough to still die for us. Right. Even but when everyone. we didn't we didn't treat him the best, you know. Right. And I mean, those priests were coming at yeah. him. They were coming at him in regards to who are you and who do you who are you to say that right. you're X, Y, and Z? And it was all about, you know, vanity. How is he getting more attention than we are? Right. If you don't go sit down somewhere. But can you imagine dying for somebody who betrays you or don't really like you? you. Like, or, or, or basically has been spreading false rumors yes. about you and plotting to kill you. Yes. So that they can go ahead and be uh, right. the main ones out there. But that goes back to Romans 12 too. It say, don't pay back evil with more evil. Yeah. So Jesus ain't do what they did. No. But I just, I, but that's the stuff that make me love him all the more. Yeah. Like I love that he loved people like that. And it didn't stop him from saying what he needed to say. And he said it. He said it. Like he called stuff out. But yeah. the bottom line is he loved people enough to still be there and to forgive him. You know what I mean? But can I tell you what is one of my favorite gangster stories yeah. of Jesus? You got to guess what it is. When he was real gangster. He was real gangster. When? When he went in that temple and turned. Oh, yeah. He did that twice, too. <laughs> you know, that, that was one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Um, And it talked about him being angry. Yeah. Yes, he definitely like, was gangster I said, then. Yeah, I was I'm trying to think. My, I think mine was the one with Judas. Because <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that he called out his enemy right there. Like, you know, yeah, when are y'all going to betray me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Do you know which one? What? When they were trying to stone the adulterer. Oh yeah. And he yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I think the way they describe it in 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 that section, I'm gonna make sure that I put a scroll. Y'all gotta do y'all studying, y'all, yeah, because there's some good stories of it. We're not gonna read it for you, but I'll let you. I'll give you the address yes. that you need to go to. But when he just sat down and just was writing in the dirt, me, what you writing? What he writing? <laughs> what was he writing? You couldn't look down and see what he was writing. Right. I can't like the the thought of like what could he have definitely. Uh, you know, wrote during that time. Yeah, for them to back down and say he who you know ha is without sin, 
Go ahead, yep, cast the first yep, stone. Absolutely. But even though he said that, whatever he was writing, yeah, whatever he was writing, <laughs> that's what got their attention, right? And so I was like, I wish I could have been there because I yeah. probably would have been eating some popcorn. Like, oh, it's yeah. about to go down. Yeah. But like, just those type of things that we see, we don't see, you know, this, um, this real like prissy, you know, Jesus walking around. Like mm-hmm. we see. Him walking, and he was in the trenches. Mm-hmm. He was doing the work. He was serving people. He yes. was serving his. He was serving his disciples. And he worked. I love that Jesus had a job. Yes. Like, you know, you would yes. think he is. He is the Messiah. Why right. he need to work? Right. Why he sitting up in the palace getting fed? Right. Bus? Exactly. <laughs> he ain't come here for none of that. And so, right. if we take his example. Yeah. Do we need all of that? No. Nope. I love, I'm going to just tell you, I, I love the simple. I love simple stuff. Yeah. I love the people who don't take their positions and say, oh, I need all of this. You know, one thing I thought was funny is how our pastor always say he don't need no, um, what is it called? The person that be carrying a bag. Oh, all the armor bearer. Armor bearer. <laughs> he said he don't need, not saying that there's anything wrong with having that because I understand. But I just, I, I love when People are just that simple. Right. You know, because do we really need all that? Right. He had the 12 disciples, but he wasn't making them his slaves. They wasn't like. washed their feet. Yeah. He washed their feet. Not they washed his. He washed theirs. And so are we truly living, you know, are we allowing his life to be an example for us? Or have we gotten away from what this truly meant? Right. And so just thinking about him and just yeah. just him being mm-hmm. real in them trenches. We love you, Jesus. We do. We do. <laughs> and that's why we follow Jesus. That's yes. why we're in this word. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yes. We just want to get it out there. Um, we truly just pour into who we're following because yes. you gotta know when I think us. of right, when I think about people following behind things and they don't know much about them, they can't touch them, yeah. you know. We're talking about somebody who felt it loved us so much. Not only did they die for us, but then they also sent a helper yeah. to help us. Yeah. And so, you know, that Holy Spirit living within us, being able to guide us, you know, being able to stop us from doing the dumbness, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that we get caught up in the one that helps us understand the scripture. Because like Talia said, you can go into the scripture, but if your mind is not there, you're not going to understand but the Holy Spirit will allow you to get to that point where he's like, all right, you've been on this Cimelac for a little mm-hmm. bit. We need to go ahead and get you some of that, so that table food. And just allow you to see, like, even with the, the, the widow, the story of the widow. Like, I did not see that until this summer. And not seeing that, like, I, mm-hmm. I just remember, like, I don't think I've ever cried, you know, reading any parts of the gospel of, like, Jesus doing anything. Like, I truly was moved by them. But that, this right here, like, because I just imagine as a mom losing your only child and then just that joy, that surprise when all of a sudden he sits up. First of all, you know, you're going to be a little scared first. (laughs) Like what's what's, what's going on? But no, seriously, like just that joy that comes with like, it's not even just looking at it in, you know, terms of economics, you know, financially I'm set. It is like the, my family is back. I, I went from not having anybody to my family is back. And Jesus loved me enough to bring my family back. Amen. He hears those prayers that are unspoken. And I, I love, I love, I love, love, love that. Yeah. So, you know, if you have any questions, yes. um, please email us. Please send us direct message. Leave a comment. Yes. Um, but what we are going to ask that you do is to truly just dig into the scriptures. Take the gospel Amen. one book at a time. And truly just learn and understand who Christ is. Amen. Don't take uh, somebody else's word for word it. For it. Find out Do for your yourself. own work. Yeah. Also, allow your your heart to be open. Yes. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. Mm-hmm. It, it it just said that the Holy Spirit will you know prick at you and right. try to convince you to accept Christ. So if you're not a believer yet, right. one, we praying for you. But yep. two, um, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes, um, trials and tribulations is the Holy Spirit telling you that you need Christ. Mm-hmm. So when you come to a, a storm or a bad situation, don't run from it, you know, um, go through it and, and find out what God has for you in that situation. If you are a believer, mm-hmm. tap into why you accepted Christ. Right. Are you being that example? He was to us. Are you doing that for people who are non-believers? Mm-hmm. Are you taking his word to um, your, your job, to your families right here? And I'm gonna just give this as the last one, but this is the commentary to John four thirty five. It says sometimes Christians 
sometimes Christians excuse themselves from witnessing by saying that their family or friends aren't ready to believe. Mm -hmm. Jesus, however, makes it clear that around us is a continual harvest waiting to be reaped. Don't let Jesus find you making excuses. Mm -hmm. Look around. You will find people ready to hear God's word. And so the bottom line is our job is to give the word out Mm -hmm. to tell our testimony you have to give that back um so that people will know why we serve christ and why our lives are what it is today i know that people probably watching me from my past are probably shocked to see me in this state but it was jesus and so i will make sure i scream that every time I, i get a chance so make sure you are being the example that christ was for us Amen. So can you do me a favor? Yes, ma'am. Can you pray? Because I want to make sure that people that are um, listening, like, that we're praying for them. We're praying for people who may not be believers. And we're just praying over this piece because this this is deep. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Father God, we come to you today, Lord. First of all, thanking you for this podcast, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thanking you for the topic today, Father God. The topic was why Jesus? Why we accept you, Christ? Lord Jesus, I pray that everyone that was listening today, Lord, that they tap back into why they accepted you, Father God. And for those who are not believers yet, Lord, we pray that they heard something today that will draw them closer to you or even give them the desire to accept you in their heart, Father God. We thank you for every scripture. We thank you for every word spoken today, Lord. We thank you for all of the ears and hearts that welcomed us into their hearts and and listening to us right now, Father God. Lord Jesus, we just continue. uh, We pray that you continue to use us as the vessels to draw your people close to you, Father God. Allow us to be the light in this world, Lord. Allow every believer listening to this podcast to remember their role in the body, Father God. Allow us to go out and give your word to everybody who is willing to listen, Father God. But also allow us to be that example um, so that they don't think that we're hypocrites, Father God. We thank you so much for dying for us, Lord. We know that this this particular um, episode was purposeful lord because it is designed to draw your people closer to you lord we pray that the people will dive into their scriptures and learn more about their savior we thank you again for dying for us lord you didn't have to do it but you did we pray that we are pleasing you with this podcast and our lives lord it is in Jesus' name that we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye.